This is Unfinished Business, the show that talks about the business end of web, design and creative industries. This is episode 35 and today is Saturday the 7th of September 2013. The show is hosted by me, Anna Debenham, and by my co-host. He has a beard you can hide a caravan in, Andy Clark. I've got some licorice. Uh, it's not, uh, it's nice. This is, the, not. this is the first licorice that I've had since I was about 12. The only nice licorice there is, is the stuff that comes in bags in Lakeland in the shop. Um, and they do like apple flavour and it's really good. This is good. <laughs> what about licorice all sorts? They're nice. No, they're horrible. Not even the jelly ones with like all of the like the blue stuff on the outside. Mm-mm. What about sherbet fountains? They've yeah, got licorice okay. in. I saw sherbet fountains in the same shop where I bought this licorice today, like this oldie-worldie sweet shop. And uh, do you know what? They're not the same anymore because <laughs> they used to be in this cardboard packet. It's like a cardboard tube. And uh, you get, like, a stick of licorice sticking out the top. But it didn't matter because, like, it wasn't covered up or anything. You know, you could just, like, go and rub your hands over everybody's licorice in the shop. Right? <laughs> it used to be just the licorice sticking out the top. Now it's not like that at all. It's, um, they're in like this, it's almost like a plastic tube. Yeah. And maybe the licorice is inside or something, but maybe they just thought it was unhygienic, but it never did me any harm. <laughs> always, always do that. So yeah, got some licorice. I met Alex's friend Brad yesterday. Isn't he a lovely fella? He is, he's lovely. He's I mad as a box of ferrets. He you? really is. He is just like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. <coughs> I gave him a Kinder Egg. What was it in it? Uh, a puzzle. It was a jigsaw, oh, which is name. probably the best uh, prize that I've seen in a Kinder Egg. Really? Because they're really bad. Oh, that's going to be like a little plastic knight. <laughs> well, I like the ones that you can assemble. A lot of them, they then you can't assemble them anymore. Or is it or health got and safety? Like, yeah, or they've got a QR code or something and you have to take a picture of it and it takes you to a website that doesn't work because it's all flash and it's in a different language. That's rubbish. I know. It's really disappointing. Was this the first Kinder Egg that Brad had ever had? Well, yeah, because uh, they're banned in the States. Mm. I don't know if they still are. And for good reason, because you don't get bits of coal in them. <laughs> they're, um, I think it's because they're a choking hazard. For I smoke guess. <laughs> I think just, Americans are just a bit irresponsible. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they, listen, they, they can have guns, but they can't have Kinder Eggs. Exactly. That was exactly my, what my point was going to be. And you beat me to the punchline. What a crazy country. But Brad, <laughs> did, did you see his talk that he did at Reasons? No, I didn't. I, I wasn't at Reasons. I was only at Deconstruct. Oh, right. Okay. So I thought you were kind of down and hanging about. No, and hanging I around was in con- London working. Oh, so you didn't go to Reasons at Monday, Tuesday? No. It looked good from, from what I saw and heard. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a lot of people saying good things about it. Um, a couple of my colleagues at work went to it. They said it was really good. Um, they like Brad's talk a lot. Uh, he's he's quite funny when he presents, apparently. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we can't actually read out the, the title of his, call, his talk on the show. No. Or well, any of his blog posts recently. No, no, it's quite unfortunate, really. But I'll link to them in the show notes and I'll change the title. Yeah, no, t- change it to something. I'll sanitise it. <laughs> <laughs> so what he, about um, Deconstruct? Oh, it was great. Um, 
I saw some really good talks. Uh, I didn't get to go to all of the conference because I had quite a bit of work to do, but um, I saw Nicole Sullivan's talk and I've wanted to meet Nicole for ages because she's like my CSS hero. Um, and she gave a really good talk about trolls and I hadn't read any of the sort of talk synopsis, synopses. Synapses. Synapses. No, that's um, what happens in your brain. So I kind of, I wasn't expecting it. I was kind of imagining that she was going to give a talk about CSS or something like that. Um, and she she gave a, a presentation about trolls and it was so good. It was just really interesting. And she was talking about the different ways to kind of um, to tackle them, you know, whether to ignore them, whether to engage with them. Um, and she'd sort of uh, present a comment and kind of invite you to think about how you'd respond to it. And then she'd give kind of the best way she could think of to respond to it. Because um, she's had quite a few trolls over over course of a few years and um they were like all of her answers were kind of different to what i thought like you should do mm. um but they made a lot of sense and she recommended a book as well that i'll put in the show notes oh and she also recommended a website where you can find out if you're a troll um it kind of it tells you what biases that you have that you maybe didn't think you had and um she found out that she's actually she's not racist but she's a bit sexist um which wow. was interesting um so yeah i'll put a link to that in the show notes um when the i don't think the the audio is out yet but um it will be and when it is out i will maybe talk about it again and link in the show notes no i mean i haven't seen nicole for oh, a couple of years now i think and she's done some brilliant css talks mm. i mean her whole kind of object oriented is it oriented or orientated oriented i think i can't who cares um, um, you know, I, I, I started to be quite, I was quite resistant at the beginning to all of that because yeah, it same. went completely against anything which, um, you know, which I'd thought about in terms of the way that I'd been working with CSS over the years, you know, I'd much yeah. rather kind of, you know, use some kind of pseudo element rather than you know, go back in and, uh, you know, stick a class on something. But mm. over the years, I think Harry Roberts has got a lot to blame. Over the years, <laughs> I have, you know, changed my thinking about all of that. And, uh, yeah, it'd be not, be nice to, be nice to catch up with her. I haven't seen her for, as I say, for a couple of years. Um, yeah. and to see her talk about something like that too, that's, I mean, I know deconstruct is not your typical web conference. I, I mean, I, I, I he says, cause I haven't actually been mm. in all these years. Um, If people are talking about different stuff, then ah, damn! I should just bite the bullet and go. Yeah, you should. I mean, it's it's nice in that um, a lot of conferences you go to, you you go there to learn a skill, maybe learn more about CSS or um, or JavaScript or something. And deconstruct is really nice because you don't come away thinking, oh, now I know all of these new skills that I can I can apply in my project. It actually just kind of broadens your horizons a bit. You know, people like there was a talk by um, Dan Williams, who's a who's a good friend of mine, um, and someone described it as being like a, a kind of um, a rabbit hole, like a Wikipedia rabbit hole that you go down. Um, because he was just talking about kind of um, like bins that that have surveillance. Uh, most of his talk was kind of about surveillance and how to bypass it and um, computer algorithms and how they kind of do face detection you know none of this is going to be directly useful for for what we do day to day 
but it is about technology and the sorts of possibilities there are and things that we might have to consider in the future, the ethics of, of a lot of these things as well. Um, and it was it was really fascinating and, and kind of, yeah, it was it was brilliant. I loved his talk. I saw some pictures. I think it was Drew, actually, Drew McClellan, that um, tweeted a, a few shots. Quite a lot of people walking around with Google Glass. Yeah, there were a lot. I was really jealous. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really interested in the kind of wearable technology. Um, I know there's sort of ethical concerns about Google Glass and um, it's kind of not... So, if I wasn't interested in technology, it's not something I'd probably agree with, but I just want to kind of understand it and, and, and experience it um, because I do think this is the way things are going. Did you sit in a pub or talking to somebody that was actually just wearing them, you know, without mentioning it, you know. It's no, no, but I didn't feel uneasy with people wearing them. You know, I didn't feel like, because yeah, everyone's walking around with iPhones these days, you know, everyone's taking pictures and... Um, Did you get a chance to try it on? No, I, I really wish I had. I didn't really have the guts to go up to anyone and be like, can I try them on? Um, <laughs> also... I was thinking, you know, if I do try them on, I'd be really tempted to just run away with them because um, I, I do really want a pair. But Google won't send me them because um, they're only for Americans at the moment. They won't send them abroad. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose I shall just have to wait until, you know, I can either get my hands on one or... I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm definitely, definitely conflicted by that kind of stuff. I mean, people yeah. always say, yeah, but, you know, there's people just take pictures with their phones. But Well, you look at all the things that are coming out now, you know, these uh, the smart watches with, uh, with cameras in them. And mm, there was the it's... Samsung, uh, what do they call it, Galaxy Gear? Yeah. You know, so it's, oh, what a pug ugly thing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's got a camera in the strap. Yeah, and like Dan Williams, he, in his talk, he was, um, he brought along... Um, like it's called a spy camera. It's like a little key fob, but it's got a camera in it, and it's just made out of old phone parts that that uh, like factories in China just sort of turn these these key fobs out. Um, and it's you know these these things already exist. They're just being kind of put together in in the form of glasses. And yeah. I think it's any it's not any different to what we already have. But it's just a different form factor, and that's what we feel uneasy about. Uh, but it's 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 about manners, though, as well. I think, and people always say, "Yeah, but you know, you've got a camera in your phone, so what's the difference?" Um, but I actually find it quite intrusive when you know you're in a situation, or you're at a conference, or you know in the pub or whatever, and you know people are, are just taking pictures. I mean, some of our friends do it all the time. You know, they won't think mm. twice about just sort of standing up at the end of the table and, you know, taking a picture yeah. of whoever's at dinner or in the pub or whatever. And actually, no, I, I, I find that a little intrusive. Um, yeah, I think attitudes are certainly changing. Um, it's becoming kind of almost sort of faux pas to do that. Um, but at the same time, it's... At least you know that someone, you know, somebody's doing it when they're waving a phone in your face. Um <laughs> Whereas, you know, a camera on your wrist um, or in the glasses, it just takes it to a distance. But I'm just not very comfortable with all. Mm. But, you know, I, I'm not the target audience, am I? 
Um, cause I'm not your, you know, your Facebook kind of guy. So it's not aimed at me. So I doubt anybody cares what I think. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Who else was good? Um, do you know Adam Buxton? No. I didn't either, but it turns out I did. Um, he does, he does, he's like a sort of comedy act. Um, I think he did a Radio 6 show or something. Um, but he's done a lot of videos of, um, like talking about YouTube comments where he'll kind of read out the comments on, on a, on a video and they're always ridiculous and he does it in kind of different voices and, um, you probably, seen one but um I you know I saw I saw one a few months ago and I thought it was really funny and so he he just started doing this in in the conference it's like oh it, that's who you are <laughs> yeah no it would be interesting to go um I don't know what my excuse was this year to be honest um but I, but I, sh- I should have I should have gone down there I really wanted to go last year actually mm. um especially when James Burke was speaking yeah and, I think uh, this year in my opinion, anyway, it was the best deconstruct so far. Well, Jeremy's going to be pleased you said that. <laughs> I, know, I know, all credit to Jeremy. He puts an awful lot of effort and himself into that kind of stuff. And, and I also think it's quite risky because he's not choosing kind of big-name speakers. He's just choosing people he thinks will be really interesting. You know, a lot of I, I basically hadn't heard most of, of most of the people in the lineup, but they were really, really good. Well, I was talking to uh, somebody this week on uh, the subject of conference speeches and uh, lineups, basically. Mm. And we were talking about the fact that, you know, on a couple of occasions, both of us have turned up to a conference and then, you know, you, you, it's that awful thing that happens where somebody stands up before you and does <laughs> more or less the same talk. <laughs> sometimes but a better version. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, it all happens to me all the time with, you know, with, with better slides as well. And how actually that's something which conference organizers should, uh, take care of and things should be curated, if you want to use that word. Um, and I know that a lot of organizers do that. Event apart are very good about making sure that, uh, there aren't, uh, you know, any kind of content clashes. Although I've seen it happen once or twice. Mm. But with this, this is like, this is like Jeremy picking, um, something or somebody and some topic that, you know, really means something to him almost. And it's like, it's, it's kind of really giving something. Um, and it's not just like, Hey, we're just going to hire a bunch of people that can stand up and talk about what they like. Um, even if like Nicole, I suppose, even if you do know her for talking usually about one topic, and, you know, she's mm. a great speaker. Now she's standing up talking about something which is completely different. Um, and, you know, all credit to Jeremy for that because it is different. I don't know. Are there any other conferences that do this, really? Um, I'm sure there are. Um, it's it's just nice that it's about something that's kind of um, not related, directly related to web design, but kind of is. And everyone there, you know, pretty much is a, is a web designer or developer and it's it's just nice you know it's 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 just such a nice kind of community conference well i look forward to getting the audio yeah they they record the audio for every uh every year and i'll put a link in the show notes to that the whole site basically all of the audio and i think they're going to transcribe them as well ah cool 
Well, it sounds like it was a party week down in Brighton. Everybody did it. <laughs> Meanwhile, back up north, some of us have been working. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's been really nice. I've been at home. Oh, no, I did go to London on Wednesday, but the rest of the time. Oh, song, you should have said hi. Uh, I would have done, but it was like a real flying visit, you know, literally train in, working for a bit, and then train home. So, yeah. I didn't get any you don't really want to spend too much time in London. <laughs> um, but I've been trying to, uh, you know, deal with some projects that we've got going on now and over the next few weeks and also trying to uh, to line up a little bit of work for the for the coming months as well yeah. um, and uh, oh man something landed <laughs> something landed in my inbox this week which ah oh, man I can't resist talking about it <laughs> <laughs> it was a yeah, it was a, a brief a proposal for a website from uh, an engineering company. I emailed you a copy of this document. Did you read I've this? I've got it open, yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we have to find a way of kind of just cutting the all the confidential stuff out, you know, like the company's name, um, right. and seeing if we can find a way of putting this up online uh, somehow. But these people, bless them, <laughs> they've won daft proposal of the week. <laughs> we need to have the unfinished business daft proposal of the week awards have a little tumble <laughs> <laughs> and these people they are they are this week's winners oh it's hysterical <laughs> so i know i've got to read some of this stuff out <laughs> it, it, it honestly it starts off pretty well you know because i got this through the post i can't remember what it was now i might have been you know on a train or in the loo or somewhere. So I wasn't giving it my kind of like full attention um, when this thing came through. But I thought, oh, it's going to start all right. off okay. Because, um, you know, a lot of times you just get a couple of paragraphs, if that, in an email, you know, how much for a website. Mm. So bless them, they did put some effort into this <laughs> document, um, you know, which is better than nothing at all. But they started off, they started off with this, company overview of themselves which uh was pretty short and and to the point and uh yeah it talked about their slogan um which i quite liked um and then the um basically the, the objective for the site so you know it's talking about them um and it didn't really talk about what they do which might have given me a clue who they worked with. Mm. But <laughs> it didn't mention anything at all about who their customers are. <laughs> not one word, not a single thing. Um, they didn't talk about who their customers were. They didn't talk about uh, the sort of content that they'd be coming onto the site to, to look at or any of the tasks that they might want to be doing. Um and this is, I suppose this is a lesson really, in all seriousness. This is kind of a lesson for, um, for briefs is, you know, don't just make it about me, me, me. Mm. Yeah, which is what a lot of companies do. Um, it was literally all about them, which, you know, it's okay. For, you know, not everybody knows how to structure these things. So it was, it was a, a kind of a half decent start. But, uh, oh man, then it gets, then it gets further on. Um, and I love, I love the, 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 the next section. They called it layout. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> hey up. <laughs> what they've done in this document, it's, it's only, the whole thing is only like a side of A4. Um, but they break it down into like header, slider, 
navigation, content, footer. What's that? a slider? Isn't oh. that something that you get, like, that's food? Oh, just wait. Little tiny, we'll, we'll get to little that. tiny burgers. We'll get to that. But they have this section in this brief and they call it layout. And... Because that's something that needs to go in a it's, brief. Well, it's, it, it's something that obviously you need to tell your designer what to do. And they say here, <laughs> I love this, header is to be common throughout the website and must contain the company logo and a drop-down titled company information. It must be clear when using drop-down lists that there is more information if they are clicked. E.g., the use of a small arrow, etc. Well, thanks the Lord for you told me that. This sounds like a patent for drop-downs. <laughs> the title of the drop-down list must not be a link to facilitate the use of touchscreen devices. Ah, oh, so they are thinking about touchscreens. So, yeah, so, oh, God, yeah, where do we start with this? Um, you know, I love when clients want to get involved in the design process, but, you know, let's not, let's not design the thing in our heads before we actually start solving the problems. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good that they're thinking about uh, usability. Um, but I mean, you see this you see this a lot, actually, on, on some level of, of client briefs. It's like, I'm going to tell you what to do, and then, you, you know, it's, it's your job just to actually do it. <laughs> anyway, Alex's friend Brad's going to love this bit because it's about that slider. <laughs> what do you mean? Slider, carousel. That's ah. what they mean. Yeah. So they say... <laughs> Image slider is to be on the home page only and must be capable of overlaying text onto the image as part of the image transition. So, I'm not sure how to deal with this really at this point because what, what are they thinking? Um, they obviously, obviously have and aren't communicating, um, a problem that they're trying to solve in their heads. I and think the problem is we need a website. What do websites look like? You think? Yeah. I mean, you know, you could say, well, you know, we've got this kind of multiple layers of information and we need to find a way of presenting it in a concise way. Um, and that would have been a very admirable objective. You know, quite, you could actually say... But that's what should be in the brief. Well, not yeah. That it needs to be a, a, a slider. Yep. But no, they've decided. They've decided that, that it's going to be a slider or a carousel. That's going to be their thing. It's, <laughs> it gets better. It gets better than that. Here they say, navigation is to be present on all web pages. Well, it. And is to be based on the company slogan, each word consisting of a drop-down menu. Yay, so, so the, drop-down menus. So their company <laughs> slogan is design, development, direction. Okay. Design. Design. Are they designers? Uh, <coughs> not saying. Right? <laughs> but design, development, direction is their, uh, their, their slogan. Go Google that one, kids. Um, and they want it as a drop-down menu. Okay. And they say each word of the slogan is to be styled in a way to suit the company theme. <laughs> <laughs> they can be plain text, decorated text, Ooh. or an image with text incorporated. This is a styling decision to be taken by the website stylist. Oh, that's, that's, that could be your new job title. St 
stylist. Website stylist. Website stylist. You know, that's what I'm going to call myself from now. I can just imagine you like, like a a photo of you with with website stylist written on it. You're holding like some scissors. Yeah. And 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 some pens. No, no, I'd want to be styled like. Maybe I could go and work in Sarah's hairdresser. Or something. Um, <laughs> no, I'd I'd want to be like in a in a in, in a seventies jumpsuit. Well, one piece jumpsuit, um, with some nicely coiffured hair and perhaps a big, um, a big hairdryer. And some, <laughs> some Pantone colours sticking out of your pocket. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, you know, the big moustache, which I'm growing oh, right now. I was dreading you talking about moustache. <laughs> so, yeah. So this, this, this kind of, um, where do I don't even know where to go with this now? Decorated text and styling. I mean, what it, what is clear is is that I don't think that they really understand um, what my job is um, in terms of you know whether it's the branding side of it or whether it's in terms of the you know the kind of the UX side of things. Who, who the heck knows? Um, but <laughs> sorry, I just read on to the next section. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it gets even better than this. See, this is then we get to the business part, which is now. But okay, so let's just sort of wind back a bit. Okay, when you need, when you want to hire somebody to do something, whether it's a you know an illustrator like Josh, or you know a website designer or something like that, you normally get in touch with somebody and you normally say, "Hi, I've got this problem. This is what I'd like. Um, are you able to help me?" That's a general way of approaching, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you don't kind of, you don't do the email equivalent of barging into somebody's living room and going, well, here I am, build me a website, if you want. Um, whereas <laughs> this is like, this is, this was, this was sort of like, here's a brief for a website, please reply. Um, and then they sent this document through, which is like the, it is, it's like daft proposal of the, of the week. Um, but the best bit was not the kind of the, it wasn't the, you know, you must include a slider. The best bit was this business bit at the, <laughs> at the end, right? You've just read this, haven't you? The, the content. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> so part, it's a, it's a seven point bulleted list at the end of this brief. And it says the quote, which basically I, I take to mean this is what your quote should be. Yeah. Oh, but you've missed out the content. They said that there's a requirement to have content on every web page. Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. I missed that whole bit. Yeah. Yeah, damn. Yeah, under the content section, there is there is a requirement to have content on every web page. The content of the website is to is controlled by us, both text and images. Well, you know, f- fair enough. It's a CMS thing, right? Um, the template must be designed to facilitate the need for text and images to be presented together in the same area of the screen. <laughs> this was like mean? a brief for every website. <laughs> In a way that enables the user to understand that the theme of the images are represented by the content text. What? <laughs> anyway, let's just get to the business bit, right? Because of this. So then they say that the design of the website meets the above criteria. There will be one home page and fifteen content pages. Well, I'm glad there's only one home page. <laughs> <laughs> How many could there be? But fifteen. Fifteen. So. 15 content pages. You can't blame somebody for, for not thinking, um, in terms of, let's say, CMS templates, right? Mm. You can imagine that a lot of people still think in terms of pages, because, you know, I do. You know, about page, contact page, portfolio page. 
you know, your you tendency is to think about, you know, the final result, isn't it? Not how it's made up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe they're not thinking about a CMS. Maybe they're just thinking about content. But part two, if using a CMS system, proof of capability to manipulate and restructure standard themes or templates will be required. Oh, okay. Uh, this is to ensure we're not constrained by standard themes or templates that may not support what is required out of the box. The cost of part three, the cost of website templates, themes, etc., is not to be included as this may change as the website is developed. I don't even know what that means. Is it that you're not allowed to, they're not allowed to tell you what the cost is, like what the budget is? Was there no, a budget? I don't, I don't know. I, I really, really don't know what that means. Um, part four. Our staff are competent in the use of any modern CMS systems. Well, that's good. Because obviously, they've used them all. Um, I bet if I mentioned Perch, they'd go, what? Anyway. <laughs> Likewise, we are able to manipulate native HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Um, the supplied format must be indicated on the quotation. Really, again, I'm not sure what that means. Here's the here's part five, back to content. Right? Content will be supplied on receipt of order. Does that mean it's ready to go <laughs> when you get the job? Content images will be supplied at the end of the project. It is acceptable to use stand-in images for website development. What? Acceptable. <laughs> what? No, I actually know what that means. Anyway, part six, they talk about their CMS and how it's got to be hosted on their own hosting thing. And then, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. The piece de resistance. What this quote, what this brief has been building up to for the last 10 minutes. Part seven. I'm going to get a t-shirt with this on. I'm going to have this as a slogan that I'm going to carry with me forever. Part seven is. The quotation is for unlimited edits until we are satisfied with the website. <laughs> Payment will be made in full at the end of the project. Which is never. <laughs> <laughs> She's after unlimited edits. Oh, God. So I did tweet this this week. And a few people went, yeah, and what's your problem? Just quote them at hourly rate. Yeah, unlimited changes. No problem. You can just keep changing it. Well, I need to get back to these guys because this could be the job that I do forever now. <laughs> I could just keep making their unlimited edits until they're satisfied with the website. <laughs> but I know that I'm taking the mick out of this, but there are some serious points in this, I think, um, which is why we could talk about them on the show because we're very serious about business, obviously. <laughs> um, which is, well, first of all... Um, it tells me something about the way that people think. Um, and there's a few things wrapped up in this about payment, for example. It's like, okay, um, we're just going to keep, we, we, we're going to be you know, prescriptive over what you do. You know, we want a slider and, you know, we've already designed the navigation in our heads um, and it's got to look and work exactly <laughs> like that. Um, even though, you know, we're not drawing it for you yet, you know, it needs to look exactly like we described. Um, and if it doesn't, then you're just going to be able to keep editing this, um, for some unlimited, unspecified time until we're happy. <laughs> so how do you deal with that actually? Because to be honest, 
you want everybody to be happy, don't you? And you would generally keep making changes and making amendments or whatever. And yeah, cause you want somebody to be satisfied. So yeah. I don't think they're asking for anything unreasonable here. They're basically saying, you know, we, we're going to pay, obviously. Um, you just need to tell us how much, but you know, we really want to be happy with this site. And you know, I don't think that they think they're being unreasonable. I don't think they're being unreasonable. Um, but how do you deal with that? How are you going to know whether you've got it right? This is, this is what was troubling me. Um, because basically, you know, you could just keep on and on and on. Um, you know, you might end up doing a design and then they go, ah, oh, that's not what I wanted. And you go mm-hmm. back and you start again. And I think that's what, that's how a project like this would pan out, to be honest. Maybe, maybe you'd break it down into such a way where you would leave the design aspect of it open. And you'd, what do you mean by that? Well, you'd say, we're going to, give you you know we're going to allocate five days to do this uh we think that that's going to be sufficient for what you need um and if it isn't and we're still you know we still need to make revisions to the design those will be done on an hourly rate after that yeah i guess that makes sense yeah i suppose that um that might be how you do how do you how do you handle kind of edits on regular projects you how do you kind of um because I, I guess you know the client would want unlimited edits, but how do you actually handle that? Well, I suppose it's different for us because we don't do what I know a lot of people do, which is to sort of you know slave away on a bunch of Photoshop comps mm. and, and then, then do the grand reveal and then do the reveal, right? Which, and I, I think one of the reasons why we managed to get things done quite so quickly is because we're talking to people all the time, so it's not much of a surprise. And if they turn around and go, actually, now that I've seen it it's better that you put that thing on the right rather than on the left, then, you know, you can just do that really easily. Um, if they turned around again and said, actually, no, it's better on the right, <laughs> <laughs> then I might get a bit grumpy with them. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't think it, I don't think they're being unreasonable. There has to be a, a sort of a clearly defined period of time, I suppose. Um, because, you know, when they're happy or when they're satisfied, as it says here, um, well, based on what, Mm. you know, how are you supposed to know? Um, the other thing that got me though was of course the, the whole kind of payment side of it. Um, I wonder how they'll react when I will go back to them and say, um, you know, this is how we work. We know we're going to break it down into a number of weeks. Um, and you know, we'll ask for a week up front. Would you really want to work with them though? Cause this is kind of, you know, if I got this brief, that would ring all my alarm bells. Like I, I would not want to work with these people. I think that it's worth exploring lots of avenues. I mean, a few people on Twitter said, blimey, you know, red flag, red flag, run, run, yeah. run. It's it's that kind of gut instinct. You you know who's going to be sort of fun to work with, and um, it, it, the fact that they haven't even explained what they do tells me that they don't really know what they do. Yeah, but I mean, we talked about this last week. I don't think that educating people is the right kind of phrase, but I think I have a responsibility to get back to people on this, um, you know, and have a conversation. 
And, mm. you know, maybe I'm, I'm certainly not going to do what I expect that a lot of people will do, which is to, you know, spend some time writing up a quotation and emailing it. Because I think you're on a hiding to nothing then. I'd just file it. Well, but, but, you know, you never know. It could turn into a fabulous project. And they could be really great people that don't really know how to communicate what they're looking for. And I had this conversation on Twitter with a couple of people this week because um, I think that there is this feeling that I get from a lot of designers that, oh, you know, I'm really glad that you know, I'm really fed up with doing kind of client services. Wouldn't it be great if I could just go and work on a product? Mm. And I know that some people, we know people, you know, they work on products all the time. Um but that's not what I do. You know, yeah. I don't work on a product. And I, you know, as again, I was talking to some friends of us about this kind of approach because, you know, quite often you read stuff about, you know, design process, whether it's kind of an agile, uh, process or an iterative design process. Um, and, you know, there's lots and lots of you know, books written about that kind of stuff and articles written about that kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, some of it's applicable to what we do in kind of general creative services, but a lot of it, um, is really applicable to products. You know, particularly kind of, you know, iterative design cycles. You know, it's, it's, it's product designers, mm. um, that, you know, benefit from a lot of that kind of stuff. And that's not what I do. You know, I don't, I don't design products. Um, I design. Marketing websites and transactional websites for people. That's, that's what I do. And one of the conversations that I was having this week when somebody would say, Oh, I just, you know, I don't know how you do it. I just rather, you know, I'm, I'll be glad when I don't have to do it and I can go and, you know, just work on products. Actually, you know, when you're in client services, when you're in creative services, like, you know, like we are, it's actually, it's more how you deal with people. It's the dealing with people is what we do, right? The work, mm. the work is actually as just, just as important. It's not more important. Um, and I get the feeling that a lot of people just want to be, you know, they, it's like that old kind of expression is oh, you do great work if it wasn't for the clients. Right? <laughs> but it's that, that's not true. That's really not true. And yeah. you've got to know that actually our job is to make people happy. But it's, I do think that most people, um, are either you know designers or, or developers by nature they're not business people and I, I would certainly look at this and think wow this is going to take a lot of communication you know a lot of educating a lot of kind of um talk to the client about what what kind of what a website is mm, but maybe and, maybe and, you can do that and it and it still be profitable i just wouldn't enjoy it at all i mean you know i've i've, I've done projects like that and the amount of time that I spend coding as opposed to communicating, it just that, you know, I'm, I, I just can't do that. I, I, I love coding and I love being able to do that. And I, I look for projects where the people that I'm working with kind of know exactly what they want. And, and that means I can spend more time doing the things that I enjoy doing. Hold that thought, right? Hold that thought. Cause we should carry on talking about this in a minute. Um, as, instead of what we were going to talk about, because <laughs> I think this is a really good topic. Um, and we can, you know, it's our podcast. We can change, we can change what we like. <laughs> um, but we should talk about some of those people that make it possible to do this podcast in the first place. Yeah. So you saw Drew and Rachel this week. I did. Yes. And they make perch. 
they do. Um, it was really nice to see them actually because I haven't seen them for oh maybe like a year. Because um, Drew Drew was down at Deconstruct because he he records the the audio, um, and Rachel was there too, and um, she had a very sore arm unfortunately because um, obviously she she fell and broke it a few months ago, but um, she's got lots of metal things in her arm and um, she looked like she was in a bit of pain. <laughs> But it was really good to see them. It's, I mean, one of the things that I like about about those guys is that they that they're really part of the industry. You know, they'll they'll turn up to deconstruct not just to um, you know, not just to see the show, but you know, they're there recording as well. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think that it's really important that you, we, everybody, supports what people do. Hmm. You know, and these kind of you know, and whatever you know, their projects are. Um, and with them, it's Perch. I mean, it could have been something else. Um, but, you know, when you think about what they do with Perch and you think about what Drew does with 24 Ways. Yeah. And I know that, you know, there's a hell of a lot of That's other coming people. up soon, isn't it? I know. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> but I know that there's a lot more people involved with 24 Ways now than, than, than just Drew. But, you know, that's something which a lot of people look forward to. They learn from, you know, there's lots of stuff. It's where the contract killer got its you know, ex- first exposure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I doubt that it would have got as much traction had it not been on something like 24 Ways. Yeah. So, you know, well, I met pe- someone yesterday who said that they'd started using Contract Killer. Just? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's in them so long? <laughs> but, you know, it's important. It's important when people do good things that you support them when it comes down to, uh, you know, whatever, whatever projects they do, you know, or products they make or whatever. Um, so, you know, I know there's a lot of people doing magazines and organizing events and, you know, all the stuff that, that goes on. Um, and people that make software. And that's obviously what Drew and Rachel spend their time doing now. Mm. With they've, I mean, they've made the switch from client services to, to working on product. And the be- the lovely thing about Perch, I was sitting with a lovely friend client of mine this week and we were talking about content management systems and, you know, she doesn't want anything complicated. The most important thing is that her and her staff just find it easy to get the website sorted out. Mm. You know, it's easy to add events and, you know, change, change the content on the site. And obviously, you know, Perch has got all of the stuff that you need, but there's not a lot of stuff that just gets in the way. You know, it's not like you have to kind of wade through layers of functionality to actually find what you're looking for in there. You know, it's really easy to do what they need to do. Yeah. Um, and she, she was sold, you know, within, within five minutes of looking at the admin interface, it was like, well, let's just use that then. And surprised that it wasn't that much money too. You know, was it now 50 quid a site or something? Uh, yeah. Um, and I wasn't doing a big sales job. You know, I was just, well, here's, here's, here's what we use on, uh, on the podcast show site and you know here's what we're using it on on a couple of other client sites and it was like okay done no i didn't need didn't need any convincing um and that says it all really about perch i suppose i like the way it doesn't mess up my you know my sites that i can i can write the the markup and then i can pick which bits that i want to be editable and you know just put the put the tags in and and it's done well, I was looking at the you know, the basic functionality because um, for for this particular site we're going to be building, there has to be um, you know a news a blog section, 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, boom, that goes out straight out of the box. I mean, there's very little that I'm going to need to do uh, to customize the, the blog section. There's going to be events because, you know, it's holds courses, training events, that kind of thing. Um, and, of course, there's that aspect to Perch that you can use as an add-on. And then there's all kind of other stuff, you know, there's inquiry forms and sign-up forms and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, the forms modules in Perch are just so easy. Um, I just can't describe how much pain I've been through in the past with stupid kind of PHP form scripts. <laughs> oh, man, all that horrible stuff. Um, you know, Perch just takes care of it. So I might even switch our site over to it this coming what year. What stuff? Yeah, I might well do. Do it. Um, I mean, the most important thing is obviously going to be maintaining all the legacy URLs. Mm. Um, and I'm sure there's a way in which I can lose the .php extension. Oh, yeah, that's really easy. I'd probably just do it with HT Access or something. Yeah. Um, but that's the biggest consideration. But, yeah, no, I think I'm going to, you know, even Expression Engine is kind of too big and unwieldy for, you know, the few lame things that I do on our site every year. <laughs> now. So, yeah. And, you know, so Perch is great. And I just think that we should support people. Um, so, yeah, we've got a special URL, I think, for Perch, if you want to go and check that out. It's grabaperch.com slash unfinished. This has been the most unscripted sponsor read thing we've ever done. But the most important thing is we, we just use this thing. You know, we just use the tools that we talk about. Um, you know, I use Perch all the time now. Yeah, and they're not even, uh, they're not sponsoring us this week, but we wanted to talk about one of our sponsors and we really like Perch. So, Well, we like all of them, now that you've mentioned we that. We do like all of oh, them. Oh, yeah, I was raving about Ghost Lab to Nicole yesterday and... Um, uh, I think she's going to download it when she gets home. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we, I don't think that we um, that we use, we, we don't use anything that we talk about on the show. I mean, that's one of the most important things yeah. about Yeah, about I wouldn't want to talk about sponsor. something that I don't use or don't believe in. No. Um, and, you know, conferences and stuff that we're going to, um, I like speaking about those too. So, yeah. Anyway, listen, back to this topic. Because before we forget... <laughs> We've got 10 minutes left to talk about our topic. Yeah, well, I'll just, just edit out some of the fluff from before. Because um, <laughs> you edit me out all the time, so, you know, I'm getting quite used to that. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> Only the bit where you talk about nonsense. Which is like 50% of the show. More <laughs> waffle than Boag World. I like to keep it under an hour. More waffle than Boag World. Can you oh, believe that's that? that's a compliment. You think that achievement unlocked for you, that is? <laughs> So, no, back to whether or not to respond to this brief. I could, I could just go, nah, Bennett, forget it. But to me, that's not what being in creative services is all about. Because first of all, I think that I've got a business responsibility to get back to these people. Mm. Because, you know, they've taken the time to write to me. And maybe I could learn something. Right? Maybe I could learn something from it. Um, maybe I don't know how the hell they got a hold of me. Where the hell did they find the website? Because you know, they must have done to, you know, obviously get the email address. Mm. So did they do a Google search? And if they did, what did they search for to find stuff for nonsense? So I could just learn that. Maybe I'd just spend a five-minute phone call, and maybe that's all I learned, right? But I think it would be wrong for me just to kind of just stick this in the bin and not respond to it. 
Yeah, maybe I could have a conversation with them and learn something about what they're trying to do that's much more than they, they've communicated here. Do you not think? I think um, I think you're being optimistic, but I I I value your kind of the way you're going. I just feel like it would be a bit of a waste of time. I feel really mean saying that. <laughs> well, maybe it would be. But then, you know, how often do we put a lot more effort into, you know, a proposal or an estimate and, you know, still not get the job? Mm. And I just think that, you know, okay, if you want to design products, you want to be the sort of person that, you know, kind of is locked in the room and, well, maybe not locked in the room, but, you know, you sit and concentrate on one product, you know, one, that's what you do. Um, and you don't actually have to deal necessarily with clients that have lots of different demands. You know, like you said, you know, I'd much rather be, I'd much rather be coding. Mm. I think it's, you know, me certainly, I'm not a business person by nature. And the only reason I'm, I'm doing kind of business stuff is because I have to. And if I can minimize that, then I'm happy. <laughs> but I don't think this is necessarily kind of business related though, is it? This is just dealing with inquiries, just dealing with people. Yeah, but I mean, you don't have to deal with every single inquiry that comes through. Um, Unless you're struggling. No, you don't have to do every piece of work and, and you can certainly make a decision. I'm, you know, I might have a conversation with these people and they might go, well, I've got £1,200. At which point, you know, I'll be able to respectfully decline the job. But I've got to, I've got to find out whether that's the case. They could have like a £100,000 budget. We could be laughing about their unlimited edits. Um, <laughs> but they might have a hundred grand budget for this, which is going to amply cover unlimited edits to the design. As long as you don't take the payment terms that they're offering of paying at the end of the project. Well, no. And I think that there has to be a degree of compromise, doesn't there? I mean, you know, there has to be some ability for negotiation and you know, sure, we can, you know, maybe, maybe they want to work to a budget and if they want to work to a budget, they have to agree to different payment terms than they had in mind. Yeah. Um, and if people aren't prepared to negotiate or they're not prepared to compromise, then that's, that's a red flag. Cause you don't want the people that, you know, you don't want to work with people that aren't going to listen. Mm. Cause, you know, where's the fun in that? But no, it's, I think it's important that we don't just concentrate on coding or designing and kind of put our head I like coding. well and you, and you put your <laughs> headphones on and it's kind of like oh well i'm happy in my comfort zone because actually in creative services often as i said before i think that it's the dealing with people which is as important as what we actually make because mm. you know to be honest I, and i've said this before well, I mean, I, you know, when I'm when I'm on a on a project, I, I'm happy dealing with the client. It's it's just when I'm not on a project and I'm having to do all those proposals and things. That's what I don't enjoy. Yeah, I just think that you know people forget sometimes that it's our job to make people happy, not to make websites. That's that's what we do in client services. You know, we mm. make people happy enough to pay us. Um, and it really doesn't matter what we're making. That's at the end of the day, that's the job. So people forget that. I, it's just that's different people, isn't it? Depends on what you <laughs> want to do. Yeah, I think you're more kind of a natural business person. You're the salesperson. You you want to follow up every lead. Whereas you know, I want to kind of pick and choose who 
I want to work with. And that would just throw up loads of red flags for me. And I know that if I did respond, it would probably be a waste of time. Um, I just, yeah. Well, it's throwing up loads of red flags for me. But I'd like to talk about those red flags with the client and find out whether they are just being idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Or whether it is just a genuine kind of, um, well, I thought that's how things were done. But if it's not how things are done, then let's talk about it, you know? Hmm. Um, but I think I, it's, no. it's, it's not necessarily, you know, about business or it's just about people, which is strange coming for me because I'm, <laughs> I normally don't like people very much. <laughs> Mr. Kind of generally grumpy and unsociable. <laughs> so I said what I'm going to do is I'm going to get back to, back to this client this week. Um, and, uh, and let, let's see where we go. Yeah. Let's, I'm looking forward to hearing kind of, I, I, I want to be proved wrong, basically. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm not saying that, that it is, there isn't cause for concern in this, in this proposal, in this brief, because mm. there's lots of areas here which, you know, I wouldn't be happy working with. Um, but I just can't make this assumption that it's not going to be worth my while, you know, without having a conversation with them. Mm. And, you know, maybe I'll lose five minutes of my time and, you know, and a phone call. Yeah, and I just I like to trust my gut these days, and it just it throws up so many red flags that I'd want to stay well away from it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because there's a ninety percent chance that it's just not going to be a good project to work I re- on. Yeah, I reckon there's I reckon there's a ninety nine percent chance that this is going to be a project that we work on. Um, but if it isn't. Then I want to feel that, you know, that we did everything correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we just didn't do that thing where, you know, you just don't get back to somebody because I think that's rude. Yeah. Um, you know, they took the, they took the time to write and I think that we can possibly learn something from the interaction. Yeah. I'm um, trying to get a lot better at getting back to people very quickly because I know that they'll be looking for people and waiting to hear back on whether they can start a project or not. And, um, I think it is important to to get back to someone quickly on whether you whether you're available or not. Mm. And yeah, that's not to say that people are you know always right because they're not. I mean, do you remember we spoke about uh, before the holiday um, about that paid pitch that I did um, for a project that I really, really, really wanted to do. Yeah. Um, anyway, as it turns out, um, they really liked the work. Um, it got presented. And they really, really liked the, the, the proof of concepts that we'd done so much that they said, can you start next week? And we said, no, I'm sorry. We know we're actually off on holiday next week and we're closed <laughs> for a month. Um, but we can start, you know, during September. If we move a few things around, <coughs> um, then, you know, we, we, we can actually be starting in, uh, in September for you. And they went, I'm sorry. That's not good enough. We need somebody to start right away. Right. And we said, well, why? And said, so, well, because we need this thing to launch in November. I'm like, okay, well, if you reverse engineer your timescales, et cetera, you know, you'll find that actually we think, we think that there's ample time for you to do that job. You know, if we started in September, you've got plenty of time um, to, to do this particular thing. But they, again, just like this client here, they were kind of making design decisions, if you like, or project decisions. And they were saying, you know, well, no, we think something's going to take this long. Well, you know, disagree with that. 
So we had to, um, you know, obviously respectfully decline that because uh, I wasn't going to give up my holiday <laughs> to start on a website. And uh, the frustrating thing is, um, is that I got a call from the uh, the project manager um, this week to say that the project actually isn't started yet and they haven't actually uh, appointed their new designers yet. Oh. So we are now kind of like second week or something in September. And, you know, now we're fully booked on something else. So it isn't, it isn't possible, but you know, there they were saying, no, we, we must start right away. And actually, you know, they didn't make a start for another five weeks. Yeah. So now I had to say that was bad. Mm, that's, bad. that's frustrating. It was, it was very frustrating, but you know, these, sometimes these things aren't meant to, meant to happen. Yeah. That's always the first thing I ask though, is when, when do you want me to start and you know, how, how many weeks do you want to book me for? Because that will, you know, if, if I can't make a start when they want me to, then that kind of negates all the other, all the rest of the discussion really. Mm. But, you know, and as well, I think it is, it's, it's better that they're saying it's going to take longer than you think. Um, cause I've worked on a lot of projects where, um, the deadlines are incredibly tight, uh, because they've said it's, it, you know, oh, it should take this much time, but it actually takes twice as long. Um, I think it's better to, that they're being cautious than, um, to kind of, uh, to just guess that it's going to take a, a very short time. I think what these projects have in common, you know, that one and, <laughs> and this brief that we've been talking about today, is that, you know, people make certain assumptions about what we do. Mm. You know, obviously, um, the big client, we're, we're making assumptions over, you know, potentially how quickly, you know, we could accomplish something. These guys, these are making, these guys are making assumptions over whose responsibility it is to do certain things, right? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> they're going to tell us that they, you know, they're, they're trying to solve design problems in advance. Um, and, we can we can fix both of those things through good communication. You know, if we just kind of remember that it's not just necessarily about the work that we do, but it's about actually dealing with people. You know, and sometimes yeah. it ain't going to work out. You know, sometimes, maybe in both cases, we're not going to end up working together. Yeah. But I think it's our job to make people happy, even though we might not end up doing the work. Because, you know, I want them to have a good experience about me not doing the job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because then further down the line, they might ask you to, to work on a different project. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, or even if they don't. Even if they don't and they say to somebody, yeah, we dealt, we, yeah, we dealt with them. We didn't actually end up working with them, but they, they seemed like good people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always important to leave a good impression, mm. whether you end up working with someone or not. Mm. And I think that's, I think that's our job. So we didn't end up talking about anything. <laughs> that we had not I was going to say we were going to talk about um, we we're going to do some contracts follow up but maybe we should do that next week yeah let's do that next week because yeah. we've had lots of emails from people in and they, they, they keep coming in yeah um, about contracts so we'll, we'll devote a show to them uh, but I'm, I'm glad week. we talked about the kind of the, the briefs because you know it's it's difficult to know when you get one through whether it's going to be worthwhile and, and you know, maybe I should change my attitude and actually respond to every single one. Um, I don't know. It, 
a part of me feels like it would be a, a waste of time because I I do get quite a few through. Um, but at the same time, I might be missing out on, on a really good project. Yeah. And I just think it's our responsibility, as we said. You know, some, somebody's politely asking us or impolitely asking us to, you know, to, for some help. And, you know, it's our job to, to at least have a conversation, at least. Yeah. You know, pick up the phone and give them a call. We should wrap up. Yeah. So how can people get in touch? Well, they can email me at hehas at unfinished.bz and you, Anna, at shehas at unfinished.bz or you can email both of us at theyhave at unfinished.bz. All the links are mentioned in this episode are in our show notes. You can find them at unfinished.bz slash 35. That's the number 35. That's my age. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Nothing. And to ask questions and suggest topics, message us on Twitter at unfinishedbz. Um, thanks again, not just to Perch, but to all our lovely sponsors uh, for making this podcast possible on a weekly basis. And if you want to join them, we've got some sponsor slots available over the coming weeks and months if you'd like to put your product or service in the ears of thousands of discerning geeks. And if you like the show, we'd love it, really love it, if you'd review it on iTunes for us. That'd be great. See you next week. Bye.